ان الحمد لله نحمده نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد then to continue with sharh al-sunnah of imam al-barbahari rahimahullah with the explanation of sheikh salih al-fawzan hafizahullah then last time we had the first point of the book the first actual point the saying of the author imam al-barbahari rahimahullah i'lamu anna al-islam huwa sunnah wa sunnata hiya al-islam وَلَا يَقُومُ أَحَدُهُمَا إِلَّا بِالْآخَرِ So that was the first of the points that we had. And we had the second point as well. So just to mention some of the brief things from the explanation of Shaykh Salih al-Fawzan that we had. Then indeed we had that Islam is the Sunnah. And the Shaykh defined Islam as being the way which all of the messengers came with. Every single messenger came, of course, with Islam. And Islam is the worship of Allah upon the revealed way that was sent to each of the messengers, a revealed way that was specific to each time. And then all of those revealed ways were abrogated by the final revealed way that was sent to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So after his sending, that Islam is just that which Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came with, worshipping Allah with the legislation that was sent to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Shaykh al-Fawzan established and affirmed that indeed Islam will not be established except with the Sunnah and the Sunnah will not be established except with Islam. So the Shaykh said, so who, uh, whichever person claims to be upon Islam but does not act upon the Sunnah at all, doesn't act upon the sunnah he does not act upon the way of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then he will not be a muslim and likewise a person who has knowledge of the sunnah but he does not submit to Allah in Islam then he will not be a muslim either so it's essential both of them are essential then we moved on to the point فَمِنَ sunnati لُزُومُ الْجَمَاعَةِ that from the sunnah is adhering to the jama'ah. And Shaykh al-Fawzan explained what is the jama'ah? What is meant by the jama'ah here? And clarified that it's not what, the, what is claimed these days that every, or so many, many Muslims set up a group, call it a jama'ah, and say this is the jama'ah of the Muslims, you have to adhere to this. And Shaykh clarified this is not the case. Rather, the jama'ah is the Muslims united upon the truth. That is the jama'ah. The Muslims united upon the truth. And it's not essential for the jama'ah that the people are many. It's not essential that the people are many. What is essential is that they are upon the truth. Even if, and we had a side point from the famous saying of the, the companion, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiallahu anhu, al-jama'ah ma wafaq al-haq wa in kuntu wahdak. The jama'ah is that which accords to the truth, even if you are alone. So what is important is adherence to the truth. Whether the people upon the truth are many, or whether the people upon the truth are few. 
That is what the Jama'ah is. The, the Muslims were united upon the truth. Then we had the continuation of the point. So whoever desires other than the Jama'ah and splits away from it. Then he has thrown off the yoke of Islam from his neck. And Shaykh Al-Fawzan explained it to mean this rope that they used to put around the neck of a sheep. Each sheep would have a big rope around its neck and they would all be tied together with longer ropes to keep them safe from the wolf, safe from being lost. So whoever splits from the Jama'ah, desires other than the Jama'ah and splits away from it, then he has thrown, thrown off this yoke of Islam from his neck. And he will be astray, leading others astray. Sheikh Fawzan said, making a dis distinction here, if his splitting away from the Jama'ah, the united body of the Muslims upon the truth, if his splitting away is in aqidah, creed and belief, and it involves the worship of other than Allah, he splits from the Jama'ah to such an extent that he goes and worships something other besides Allah. Then this is kufr, of course. This is disbelief. He has left Islam altogether. He is not a Muslim. And if his deviation from the Jama'ah is less than this, then it will be, whatever the case, it will be dalal, misguidance. So the best of these two is something bitter, something evil. So any separation from the Jama'ah is something evil. And then Sheikh Fawzan mentioned that the component, the Jama'ah has two components. That it should be upon the correct methodology, the methodology of the book and the sunnah, that which Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa his companions are upon. And the second component for the Jama'ah is that it has an imam, a ruler. It's under a ruler. Some of the explainers, such as Sheikh Abdullah al-Ubaylan in his notes, they mention this second condition of having a, a, a ruler, of being a ruler at the head of the Jama'ah, that Jama'ah could, could follow. Then this is necessary for the strength of the Jama'ah. And that if, if there are a body of Muslims upon the truth, a Jama'ah, who are Jama'ah, they're no doubt upon the truth, but they don't have a ruler at their head. Then what they will lack is weak. They will lack in strength. They'll be lacking in strength. It doesn't mean they're not upon the, you know, they're away from the Jama'ah or something. But they will, of course, lack in strength. Then to continue <coughs> with the next point, which occurs on page 63 of the Saudi edition, the Saudi two-volume edition, page 42 of the first Egyptian print, and a different page on the other print. Anyway, point number three. قال المؤلف رحمه الله والأساس الذي تبنى عليه الجماعة هم أصحاب محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ورحمهم الله أجمعين وهم أهل السنة والجماعة فمن لم يأخذ عنهم فقد ضل وابتدع وكل بدعة ضلالة والضلالة وأهلها في النار he said, continuing with the point about the Jama'ah and clarifying what is the Jama'ah. He said, and the foundation, the author, Rahimahullah, Imam al-Barbahari, Rahimahullah, he said, and the foundation which the Jama'ah is built upon is the companions of Muhammad. May Allah have mercy upon all of them. And they are the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah the people of the Sunnah and the united body upon the truth. 
So whoever does not take from them, then he has gone astray and innovated. And every innovation is misguidance. And misguidance and its people will be in the fire. Sheikh Fawzan said in his explanation, he's saying, well, asasul ladhi tubna alayhi al-jama'ah and the foundation which the jama'ah is built upon. He said, bringing a question, who are the jama'ah which have this status? With what we heard in the lesson before and the importance of the jama'ah and the one before, the importance of jama'ah and the importance of clinging to it. So we need to know then who are these people? What is this jama'ah? The Shaykh said, they are the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and those who come after them from the tabi'een from their successors and from the successors of the tabi'een and the generations given excellence the most excellent generations they are the jama'ah and, who are, and whoever follows them from the later peoples, they are the Jama'ah. I mean, as the point that we had last week from Sheikh Suhaimi, it's not just limited to that time, it's the first generations of Islam, and that was the end of the Jama'ah. No, the Jama'ah continues. It's upon us to be upon that and be with that. That's why Sheikh Fawzan said the Jama'ah is the companions, Tabi'een, Atba'u Tabi'een, the most excellent generations, and whoever follows their way from the later peoples, they are the Jama'ah. Those whom it is obligatory upon the Muslim to be with, whatever harm comes upon him, and whatever threats, and whatever blame, and whatever attacks, he should still have patience upon that and he should bear it as long as he is upon the truth so he should not deviate away from the truth rather he should have sabr, he should have patience upon whatever befalls him otherwise he will just be a target for those people with evil intentions and the callers to evil and the callers to misguidance. Then Sheikh Fawzan starts to give some evidences for this with regard to who are the Jama'ah. He said, he, said, he the Most High said, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اَتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوعًا Surah Tawbah, the ninth surah, ayah 100. The ayah with the explanation and the first and foremost ones from the Muhajireen and the Ansar from the Muslims who emigrated from Mecca and from the Ansar, the Muslims of Medina who gave them shelter. So and the first and foremost ones from the Muhajireen and the Ansar and those who followed them upon good. Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with him. So that is the first ayah that the Shaykh, Shaykh Fazan quoted as evidence for this. Who is the Jama'ah? The companions of the Shaykh in the ayah and those who succeeded, succeeded and those who followed them upon their way.
as a side point here, a quick side point. <coughs> in tafsir of this ayah, الأولون, and the first and foremost ones. And then the people of tafsir, such as Al-Tabari, and those who came after him, like Al-Baghawi, Al-Sam'ani, Ibn Kathir, and others, they mention a number of different sayings with regard to what is meant, who are those who are actually meant by As-Sabiqoon Al-Awwaloon, the first and foremost ones from the Muslims. Who are the ones referred to here? So amongst what At-Tabari brings, he brings with an authentic chain of narration from the Tabi'i Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, noble Tabi'i Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, that he said, Al-Muhajirun al-Awwaloon al-Ladhina sallu al-Qiblatayn, that the first Muhajirin referred to here, they're the ones who prayed towards both Qiblas. The ones who accepted Islam before the Qibla was changed. So they prayed towards Jerusalem. Then when the Qibla was changed, they prayed towards Mecca afterwards. Likewise, As-Sam'ani in his tafsir, the great Salafi Mufassir, Abu Mudaffar As-Sam'ani, he mentioned a number of, he mentioned four sayings in explanation of this ayah. The first one, or one of the sayings, he mentioned the same saying from Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib and he mentioned it also from Ibn Sirin and a group. And he mentioned three further sayings as well with regard to who are As-Sabiqoon al-Awwaloon, the first and foremost ones. The first saying he mentioned was that they are the people of Badr, and the people who fought at Badr, had accepted Islam by that time, obviously in the second year. The second saying he quotes is that they are the people of Bayat al-Ridwan, the people who gave the pledge at, at the Treaty of Hudaybiyyah in the sixth year, Bulqa'ada in the sixth year. And the third saying he quoted is that the first and foremost ones from the Muhajireen are the ones who accepted Islam before the Hijrah. And, and the first and foremost ones from the Ansar are those who gave the pledge to Allah's Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on the night of Aqaba, just before the Hijrah. Those who accepted Islam in Medina and they came for the Hajj and gave the pledge of Aqaba to Allah's Messenger. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he preferred the view that they were those who accepted Islam before Hudaybiyyah, Treaty of Hudaybiyyah. And as is known, that those at the Treaty of Hudaybiyyah, they were 1,400 and more in number. Likewise, Sheikh Fawzan said the same thing in his explanation of Al-Wasitiyah. Uh, they are those that are the Sabiqun al-Awwaloon. First and foremost ones, it refers to those who had accepted Islam before the Treaty of Hudaybiyyah. In the sixth, the end of the sixth, the 11th month of the sixth year. And the evidence for that is the ayah from Surah Al-Hadid, the 57th surah, ayah 10, لَا يَسْتَوِي مِنْكُمْ مَنْ أَنْفَقَ مِنْ قَبْلِ الْفَتْحِ وَقَاتَلُ to the end of the ayah. The explanation, they are not equal. Those who spent in charity before the treaty of Hudaybiyyah, before the conquest of, meaning the treaty of Hudaybiyyah, and who fought. They are not equal with those who accepted Islam. They are, they are greater in level. Anyway, back to the point that was in tafsir of the ayah from Surah Tawbah, the ninth surah, ayah 100. So Shaykh Fawzan gives that. That's his first evidence for, for the definition of who are the jama'ah companions and the tabi'een, those who succeeded them upon good. Then he said, give us a second evidence. And he the Most High, when he mentioned the Muhajireen and the Ansar in Surah Al-Hashr, 59th Surah, he said, 
والذين جاءوا من بعدهم يقولون ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رعوف رحيم سورة الحشر 59 سورة آية 10 So Shafi'i Hassan said first the Muhajirin and the Ansar obviously the companions Muhajirin and the Ansar were mentioned and then this was said with the explanation and those who come after them they say O oh, our Lord forgive us and our brothers who preceded us in Iman and do not place any ill feeling in our hearts towards those who have Iman towards those who truly believe O oh, our Lord you are compassionate merciful again a further evidence a second evidence for the definition of the Jama'ah Sheikh Fawzan said commenting so the one who comes later he follows the earlier one from the people of the truth and good even if there is a long period of time between him and them he adheres to what they were upon no matter what it costs him he should have patience and then he will be upon and within the Jama'ah by doing that then the Shaykh said moving on to the next uh, part of the phrase his saying Ashabu Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the foundation which the Jama'ah is based upon is they are Ashabu Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Shaykh Fawzan said from the Muhajireen and the Ansar because they were the ones who accompanied the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they fought jihad along with him and they aided him and they bore the religion and they conveyed it to us so they are the intermediaries between us and between Allah's Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so those people who abuse the companion or belittle them they only want to demolish Islam Shaykh is referring to the like of the Rafid the Shia for example those who belittle and abuse and speak ill of the companions so Shaykh explains about them here what is their intent behind doing this he said, <clears throat> so those who abuse the companions or belittle them, they want to demolish Islam. That's what they want. Don't have any doubt, don't have any doubt in your mind that that's what they want. No matter how they beautify their speech or what they, that is their intention in their hearts. To demolish Islam. The Shaykh explains. However, they come with this healer, they come with this plot, this stratagem, this backdoor trick. They come with this trick. I mean, they, what they want is they just want to demolish Islam. But they can't do it openly. They can't openly, foot straight from the front, fight Islam and try and destroy it from the front. Be too, so they come a different way. They attack the companions. That's the backdoor way of destroying Islam. Sheikh said, and he explains that. He said, however, they bring, or they come with this ploy. So when they speak, against the companions and they devalue them then what will remain at that time from the intermediary that is between us and the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam 
mean, they are the link. They are the link between us and the Prophet So if that link is cut off, that we're not, they're not. That's it. They're out of, out the picture now. That's it. Then we're cut off from the Messenger Sheikh said, their intent is to cut off the connection with the first and foremost ones from the Muhajireen and the Ansar so that the Ummah, the nation, will go astray. Otherwise, what else could lead them to abusing the companions? Did they have any dispute with the companions with regard to money or something else? Have the companions caused them any personal harm when there are many centuries between them and the companions? And there's no other, no other possibility. There's centuries between them and the companions. The companions are not, are not harmed. It's not they've had a business transaction. They've tricked, they've tricked them, so they've fallen out. Not possible. Not, not possible a companion has done something to them personally, harmed him. Not possible. There's centuries between them. So the only possibility and the reality is this is why they attack the companions to bring about the demolition of Islam cutting off the link between the later generations and the Prophet right at the, at the start cut the companions out of the picture and we're broken our link is broken with the messenger the Shaykh said so what led them to this is hatred in the hearts because the companions, they are the ones who bore this religion. So they want to cut off the link between the Messenger وسلم, and his nation. So that the religion falls. This is their intent. As a, another side point here from Sheikh Salih al Suhaimi, he said in his explanation, He said, the author, rahimahullah, he explained the importance of ittiba, of following, and of adhering to this methodology, this manhaj, and that the foundation of that methodology is what he has explained, or rather what we have explained a short while ago, that the foundation of the jama'ah is, after Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa the companions. I will be pleased with them all. So whoever makes an attack upon the companions, then he has made an attack upon the whole of Islam. And whoever abuses the companions, then he has abused Islam. And whoever maligns and attacks the companions, then he has spoken against and accused Islam. And whoever belittles the companions, then he has belittled Islam. Why is this the case? Because they are the ones who conveyed Islam to us. So if it were not for them, Islam would not have reached us. If it were not for the companions, Islam would not have reached us. For Islam only came to us by way of them. They are the ones who conveyed the Qur'an to us. And they are the ones who conveyed the Sunnah to us. And therefore Allah praised them for that. And he continues and then he finishes part by saying, 
So whoever claims that they left Islam, I mean the same as the Shia, the Rafid the Shia say, whoever claims that they, the companions, left Islam, became apostates, or that they changed and altered, then he is the apostate. Whoever claims this, he is the apostate. And he is the one who is changing and altering, and he is the one who is making a change in the religion. As the Sheikh is indicating, as we said, the like of these Arafid the Shia, the ones who claim to be champions of Islam and what they're intending, make a great show of being champions of Islam, as they call it, and they're the ones who, their intent is to de destroy Islam and demolish Islam. So we should not be fooled by the, the, the like of their glittering claims. Then, uh, <coughs> back to the explanation of Sheikh Salih al Fawzan, Hafidhullah, he said, having explained what their intention is in attacking the companions of, the, of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Their intent is to demolish Islam. Then he said, His saying, وَهُمْ أَهْلُ السُنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ And they are the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. They, the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they are the people of the Jama'ah, or they are the people of the Sunnah, and of the Jama'ah, the united body of the Muslims, upon the truth. Shaykh Fawzan said, The companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and those who came after them, those who followed them upon good, they are the Ahlul Sunnah, the people of the Sunnah. Meaning, the people of the correct path. And it is the Sunnah which we have explained in this book. I mean, the Sheikh is referring to what he mentioned last time. The Sunnah referring to the path, to that which the Prophet and his companions were upon. That being the Sunnah. So the people of the Sunnah are, though, are likewise those who are upon what the Prophet and his companions were upon. Then he said, And they are the true jama'ah. But as for the uniting of others besides them upon false and futile matters, then they are not called the jama'ah. Other, other Muslims who form groups based upon falsity and falsehood and futility then they are not called al-jama'ah, the jama'ah. Even if they are many in number, Shaykh Fawzan said, quoting the ayah, تَحْسَبُهُمْ جَمِيعًا وَقُلُوبُهُمْ شَتَّى Surah Al-Hashr, the 59th Surah, ayah 14. With the explanation, you think that they are all together, but their hearts are actually divided. Shaykh Fawzan said, so the jama'ah is whoever is upon the truth. So the person who says, I am with such and such hizb, I am with such and such party, obviously indicating the point here that many Muslims, they form these parties or join these parties, and if you ask them, why, why are you doing this? Why are you making parties and groups? Why are you joining these parties? They say, we want Muslim unity. This one joins that group, this one joins that group, this one joins that group. They all say, I want Muslim. Everyone says, we want Muslim unity. The more parties they make, and they claim we all want Muslim unity. So Shaykh Fawzan says, so the person who says, I am with such and such hizb, such and such party, this group is a jama'ah. And you people say, adhere to the jama'ah. And they are a jama'ah. The Shaykh said, so we say to them, who said to you that those people are the jama'ah? The jama'ah is those who are upon the truth. Whoever is upon the Sunnah, they are the Jama'ah. 
not just so people agree. There's a group. We've got a lot, of, lot of Muslims gathered here upon something. Or that must be the Jama'ah. No. Sheikh said, no, that is not the Jama'ah. The Jama'ah are the people who are gathered upon the truth. Those who are upon the Sunnah. They are the Jama'ah. He said, his saying, فَمَنْ لَمْ يَأْخُذْ عَنْهُمْ فَقَدْ ضَلَّ وَابْتَدَعَ He's saying, so whoever does not take from them, from the companions, then he has gone astray and innovated. Sheikh Farzan said, whoever does not take his deen, his religion, from the companions, those who are the conveyors of the book and the sunnah, then he is not upon the truth. So if they are attacked and accused, and the companions, if they are to be attacked and accused, then what they convey is nullified and Allah's refuge is sought. And the intent of the enemies of Allah and his messenger is indeed to nullify Islam. However, they came with this filthy trick. In order to cause a separation between the later people and the earlier people from the Muslims. So that it will be easy for them to devour the later people and easy to chew them up. But as for if the people tie themselves to the first jama'ah and to the book and the sunnah, then that will never be easy for them to do. Indeed, it will be impossible for them to chew them up by the permission of Allah. He said, he's saying, whoever does not take from them, then he has gone astray. The Shaykh said, meaning he has strayed away from the truth and become lost. And he has innovated. Shaykh Razan said, Al-Bid'ah, innovation is, and he, goes, uh, he defines what is meant by innovation, Al-Bid'ah. Whatever is from the matters of worship, Ibadat, or from matters of creed and belief, Itiqadat, or from sayings, and it does not have a proof from the book and the sunnah. That is an innovation. A matter of belief, or a matter of worship, a matter of belief, or a saying, which does not have a proof from the book or the sunnah. Then it is a bid'ah, innovation. Sheikh said, giving the evidence for that, he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, man amila amalan, man amila amalan, laysa alayhi amruna, fahuwa rad. Whoever does an action, which our affair is not in accordance with, it is rejected. In a footnote, they mentioned reported by Muslim in his Sahih, Hadith 1718, and reported by Al-Bukhari in disconnected form in his Sahih, from a Hadith of Aisha, radiallahu anha. And in a narration, Sheikh Fawzan said, Man ahdatha fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu, fahuwa rad. Whoever introduces into this affair of ours that which is not from it, then it is rejected. In a footnote they mention, reported by Al-Bukhari in his Sahih, Hadith number 2550, and by Muslim in his Sahih, Hadith, 7, 1, hadith 1718. Again, from a Hadith of Aisha, radiallahu anha. Then Shaykh Fawzan quotes a third proof. And he said, وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَمُحْدَثَاتِ الْأُمُورِ فَإِنَّ كُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ 
and beware of newly introduced matters. For every newly introduced matter is a bid'ah, an innovation. And every innovation is misguidance. In a footnote, they mention this is part of a hadith of Al-Irbad ibn Sariya radiallahu anhu. And its checking has proceeded. And uh, the checking of this hadith is reported by Imam Ahmad and Abu Dawood and At-Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah. And it was declared sahih, authentic by Shaykh al-Albani. Then Shaykh al-Fawzan said, So al-bid'ah, so innovation, is whatever has been introduced into the religion, and it is not from it. And how can it be known that it is not from it? Shaykh said, If it does not have a delil, if it does not have a proof, then it is not from the religion. Because Allah, the Majestic and Most High, says, Al-Yawma Akmaltu Lakum Deenakum Surah Al-Ma'idah The fifth surah, ayah three With the explanation This day have I completed your religion for you It was this ayah that came down on the day of Arafah On the tenth year of the Hijrah With the explanation This day have I, have I completed your religion for you So the religion As a side point, that's Imam Malik The famous saying from Imam Malik So whatever is not religion on that day It will never be religion today so Shaykh Razan said about this ayah, so the religion is complete and all praises for Allah. It does not accept any additions. So it is just upon us to come to know of the religion which Allah, the most the mighty and majestic, completed, and to cling to it, and that we abandon whatever is besides it from additions and from things which people deem to be good introductions and from supplements and from other than that because these things only take people farther away from Allah the majestic and most high obviously people, the reason people bring innovations in and they bring matters which I think in their minds they think is something good the intention is always if you ask them what is your intention doing this matter they say it brings us closer to Allah it's a matter of you know, perfection a matter of completion it brings us close to Allah so Sheikh made the point here these things all of these things these additions that people make to the religion these things that istihsanat, people think in their minds something good, so we'll do it. And these idafat, things, supplementary things. And other than that, the Shaykh said, because these things, they only take people farther away from Allah, the majestic and most high. And there will follow a clarification. That, ma'ahda, I mean later in the book, before too long in the book, there will come a clarification of this point. That, ma'ahdatha qawmun bid'atan, that no people introduce, introduce an innovation except that it's like a like amount of it will be taken away from the sunnah in a footnote they mention that this was the saying of Hassan ibn Atiyah rahimahullah mabtada'a qawmun bid'atan fi dinihim illa naza'allahu min sunnatihim mithlaha thumma la that Hassan ibn Atiyah from the Tabi'een said a people never introduce an innovation in their religion except that Allah takes from their sunnah its like takes away from their sunnah its like and then he does not return it to them right until the day of resurrection they mention here reported by Ad-Darimi 
and Abu Nu'aym in Al-Khiliya and Al-Lalika'i in his book Sharh Usul Itikad Ahli Sunnati Wal Jama'ah Just very briefly in addition to that with regard to this Tabi'i Hassan ibn Atiyah Shaykh al-Albani said in his notes to Mishkat he was a, tab, uh, he was a noble uh, a great and noble Tabi'i who died in the year 130 and Shaykh al-Albani said with regard to this report from him his chain of narration is Sahih and its like is also reported as a saying of Abu Hurairah reported by Abu Abbas ibn al-Assam in his hadith and he gives a reference and back to what Shaykh, ibn, uh, Shaykh al-Fawzan said he said this, this uh, clarification will follow of this principle here that no people introduce an innovation except that its like will be taken away plucked away from the sunnah the Shaykh said so this is the correct and straight path adhering to the jama'ah adhering to the sunnah and abandoning innovations then he said and he, he said he's saying wa kullu bid'atin dalala and every innovation is misguidance he said so there is no such thing as bid'ah hasana there's no such thing as good innovation as some people say rather all innovations are dalala are misguidance by the textual statement of the hadith of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he said فَإِنَّ كُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ he said for every newly invented matter is an innovation bid'ah and every innovation is misguidance in a footnote they mention this occurs in a number of ahadith from them the hadith of Al-Irabadi Musariya which has just preceded also as a hadith of Jabir reported by An-Nasai as hadith 1578 and also by Ibn Khuzayma in his Sahih and the basis of this hadith it occurs in Sahih Muslim as hadith number 768 then Shaykh Fawzan said so bid'ah so innovations bid'ah in the religion there is nothing good from them at all rather all of them are dalala misguidance and this is the speech of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam who did not speak from desires then Shaykh Fawzan said his saying and misguidance and its people will be in the hellfire Shaykh Fawzan said misguidance and the people of misguidance will be in the fire either on account of their kufr disbelief I mean, if their misguidance reaches the level of kufr disbelief then they will be in the fire because of disbelief or on account of sin I mean, if their misguidance only is not, doesn't reach the level of disbelief, but it's just reached the level of being sin, then they will be in the fire on account of sin. So innovations are not of one level only. Some of them are kufr, disbelief, such that its person will be forever in the fire. Then Shaykh Fawzan gives some examples of this innovation. He said, such as al-istighatha bil-amwat, seek aid from the dead, and making dua, supplication to the dead and making sacrifice to other than Allah and making vows to other than Allah 
So these are innovations which are disbelief, kufr. And likewise, denying the names of Allah and His attributes, as is, as is said by the Jahmiyyah, those who deny the names and attributes. So this is kufr, this is disbelief, and Allah's refuge is sought. Because they describe Allah as not having names or attributes. So in that case, he would be non-existent. And if what the Jahmiya said were correct, they describe Allah that he has no names, no attributes. And the Shaykh said, if that were true, of course it's not. If that were true, then he would be non-existent. Because that which exists must have attributes. And that, and the one who has no attributes does not exist. And therefore the Imams judged that the Jahmiyyah are disbelievers. Those who said that the Qur'an is a created thing. So they made the Qur'an, which is the speech of Allah, and His revelation, and that which He sent down. They made it a created thing, such as the rest of the created things. And they say, or rather, and they said, Allah does not speak. So therefore they likened him to an inanimate object. Obviously, their, their excuse, their, the, the, the excuse they try, they're trying, they say, because we, we don't want to liken Allah to the creation. The creation have speech, so we won't, give, we won't affirm speech for our, our creator, because in that case we'll be likening the creator to the, to the creation, if we affirm speech for him. So what they flee, they flee away from that, and they flee into, as the Sheikh said, they flee into likening him instead to al-jamad, to an inanimate object, something that's not able to speak. The Sheikh said, and one who does not speak cannot be a god, one deserving of worship. Then Sheikh Al-Fawzan goes on to give evidences for this. One who cannot speak cannot be a god, cannot be one deserving of worship, he said, giving evidence for that. He the Most High said, وَاتَّخَذَ قَوْمُ مُوسَىٰ مِنْ بَعَدِهِ مِنْ حُلِّيِّهِمْ عِجْلًا جَسَدًا لَهُ خُوَارٍ أَلَمْ يَرَوْا أَنَّهُ لَا يُكَلِّمُهُمْ وَلَا يَهْدِيهِمْ سَبِيلًا Surah Al-A'raf, the seventh surah, I-148, with the explanation. And the people of Musa, in his absence, made out of, their jewel, made out of the jewelry of the Copts, a calf in bodily form, which produced a mooing sound. Do they not then see that it could not speak to them? And nor could it guide them upon the way? As they, they, they claimed, as Musa went back to them, they claimed that this is, a, this, is, this is our God. So this was the response to them. I mean, that should have been enough for, enough for them. Do they not see that it could not speak to them? Nor guide them on the way? Shaykh Fawzan said, So this shows that the one who does not speak cannot be an ilah, one deserving of worship. Whereas the Jahmiyyah, they say, Allah does not speak. So therefore he would not be one deserving of worship. High and exalted is Allah above what they say. Shaykh gives a further evidence. He said, and there occurs in Surah Taha, the 20th Surah, 
أفلا يرون ألا يرجئ إليهم قولا ولا يملك لهم درا ولا نفعا So Taha 20th Surah, Ayah 89 with the explanation again in refutation of the Banu Israel when they made this calf and they said or they refuted with this statement here with the explanation See, do they not see that it cannot respond to them with any saying and it does not possess any power to harm or benefit them Sheikh Fawzan said meaning Al-Ijr, the calf if they were to speak to it it could not respond to them couldn't give them any response so therefore was it befitting that, that it could be one deserving of worship of course not Sheikh said and Ibrahim given a third evidence and Ibrahim alayhi salam said to the worshippers of the idols فَاسْأَلُوهُمْ إِنْ كَانُوا يَمْتِقُونَ He said to them when he refuted them with the explanation so ask them if they're able to speak when Ibrahim alayhi salam when he's refuting those people who worship idols he told them okay go and ask the idols then speak to them if they're able to speak and of course they knew as the Sheikh said so they said to him لَقَدْ عَلِمْتَ مَا that they said back to him you already know that they can't speak these idols can't speak Sheikh Fawzan said so then he said to them أَفَتَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَنْفَعُكُمْ شَيْئًا وَلَا يَضُرُّكُمْ أُفٍّ لَكُمْ وَلِمَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ Ibrahim alayhi salam when he had established that argument upon them and he said to them then will you worship besides Allah that which cannot benefit you at all and cannot harm you? Uffin lakum. A word of anger and disgust. Uff to you. And to that which you worship besides Allah. Do you have no intellect which prevents you from this? Then Shaykh Fazan said, So Allah, the Majestic and Most High, says, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمُ ادْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ Surah Ghafir, the 40th Surah, Ayah 60 with the explanation and your Lord said call upon me I will respond to you Shah Fazan said he described himself that he says and he speaks so the one who does not speak he is not one deserving of worship and likewise or for this reason many of the Imams declared the Imams of the Jahmiyyah declared the heads of the Jahmiyyah to be disbelievers and for this reason because they deny outright deny Allah's attributes for example his attribute of speech they say Allah does not speak outright deny it so Shaykh says so therefore many of the Imams declared the heads the Imams of the Jahmiyyah to be disbelievers but not their blind followers not the blind followers amongst them or those who are just followers those to whom the truth had not become clear but rather they were just blindly following upon ignorance those people are a case for examination and the matter must be clarified to them and then if they persist then judgment of their disbelief will be passed judgment that they are disbelievers will be passed I mean the truth is made clear the ignorant followers just follow the imams from misguidance the truth is made clear to them and then if they persist upon disbelief, then they are, they are judged to be disbelievers. Walhamdulillah wa sallallahu ala muhammad. Subhanakallahum wa bihamdik.
أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك